0: Bill O'Reilly with us on the Spring Dance Hot Tub Hotline. Bill, welcome to Philadelphia, and thanks for another great book.
1: Uh, you're welcome, Don. Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. Well,
0: so when you get with your guy, do you discuss with him, Bill, or do you have the idea? Do you, You're always churning with who's going to be next in the Killing Series. Is it a process with someone else, or you just it just comes to you?
1: No, it's me. Um, i write about what I'm interested in, and... Um, what I believe Americans will respond to uh, at the time. And so how this book, Killing the SS, came about is after we finished killing Patton, which was an enormous success, we had a lot of stuff left over, um, particularly after the war when Patton uh, was running the southern part of Germany as an occupier. Um, Patton didn't really care much about The SS and and the atrocities. He was focused on Stalin. He wanted to go Mm -hmm. fight Russia because he knew that they were going to be the next enemy, which turned out to be correct. He wanted to fight the Soviet Union, but there was an obvious exodus out of Germany um, by some of the most heinous individuals who've ever walked the planet. I mean, I don't think people, Dom, understand the evil um, that was in play in World War two in Germany. So, when I saw the rise of evil in America, and it absolutely on display, and I'm talking about things like um, people walking into schools and shooting down kids, um, thousands of uh Americans being shot on the streets of Chicago by drug gangs, clerics molesting children. That's what, that's the evil I'm talking about. It's on the rise here. And We have a country where many people don't understand evil, and many more look away. So I wanted to write a book about Mm -hmm. the most vivid evil in uh, our last hundred years, because people, they don't teach it in school. Younger people don't know the Holocaust. They don't care. Uh, Some of them don't even think it happened. And that's how Killing the SS uh, was put on the drawing board. Um, And it's very relevant to what's happening today in America.
0: Absolutely. And, Bill, the word ordinary jumps through here. And I always say to you, too, and it's true with this book again, this is a subject where I think I know an awful lot. I was intrigued by Eichmann. He's one of the most ordinary, nebbish sort of guys imaginable. Yet he truly, more than anybody, more than Hitler in some ways, was the architect of all this.
1: Yeah, they're all... uh all these Nazi people were not very distinguished human beings before they put on mm-hmm. uniforms and started butchering human beings. Hitler himself was, you know, a corporal in the army, and then he was a painter and really never did anything. Heinrich Himmler, the head of the SS, was a chicken farmer. Um, and that's part of the, the horror of the book, is that these people uh, before the war... Um, didn't really distinguish themselves at all, and then all of a sudden they put on a black uniform where the death head insignia on the cap, and they're killing babies. How does that happen? You know, German Americans are the are the uh, largest ethnicity in the United States. Um, if you go to Germany, um, yeah, they speak a different language, but it's the same people as in America. It's the same kind of life. And and you saw what happened in the Third Reich, and you saw uh, six million civilians butchered, fifty million dead in the, in the European theater. And now, you know, Americans have a, a decision to make back here: are we gonna are we gonna accept the evil that we see on an almost daily basis? I walk around Philadelphia, and last time I was in Philadelphia, I took a long walk, Dom, and I mean mm-hmm. it was unbelievable, some of the stuff that was happening on the streets of Philly.
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, Yep, uh, there's no doubt, uh, Bill. So uh, the other thing with this is it's, uh, I don't know if I'd say a thrower, but the hunt down is the other thing. So it's the big issues you talk about, but people get, and that's why it's easy to read and uh, sort of a page turner, if you could talk about, given the subject, hunting these people down methodically. Some came relatively easy, Others were not sure whatever happened to them.
1: Well, when we wrote Killing Jesus, uh, I should say that Killing the SS is the eighth book in the mm-hmm. Killing series. The first seven, we have seventeen million copies in print. The first day Killing SS was on for sale on Tuesday of this week, it sold more than a hundred thousand copies. So uh, Americans know. I mean, this is this is a go-to series if you want to learn and. Have a real interesting read where you can't put the book down. So, when we wrote Killing Jesus, Martin Dugard and I, we developed a relationship with the Israeli government. And they helped us immeasurably um, with the man Jesus, you know, who he was, what he actually did, the history of it all. Well, when we went um, back to Israel to um, research killing the SS, we got. All all kinds of stuff that nobody's ever seen. Um, And the Mossad opened up uh, some of their files to us so that we could vividly show the reader, put the reader in the hunt. I mean, here's how it went down, step by step. And, And that's the difference between my books and other books that tell you, we show you. And we had, the, uh, we had the Israeli government's cooperation, and it was amazing the kind of stuff that they gave us.
0: Almost every one of these books has some controversy. I mean, I remember the Reagan book. Maybe that had the most of some of the people that you went back and forth with. But yeah. the one thing I see in here, and again, I knew about this, but you lay it out with detail that I haven't seen in other places. Pope Pius 12th doesn't come across so well here in all this.
1: Well, it depends on how you look at it. Um, We uh, tell the truth in our books, and I'm a Roman Catholic, um, and there's no doubt that elements of the Catholic Church and also elements of the Red Cross, elements of the American CIA, the brand new CIA, Mm -hmm. all helped get butchers and murderers, SS people, out of Germany, into Italy, where they got on ships and they went to South America, or Spain, Mm -hmm. or South Africa. Um, And with the Catholic Church, with the Pope, the decision that he had to make was... Do I allow the Germans to overrun the Vatican and, and knock it down and, and occupy it? Or do I make a deal with them to save as many people as I can and, um, in return for not saying anything about Hitler? And, and he, that's what he did. He made the deal. Now, in the aftermath, there were elements of the Church and Pope Pius himself that made mistakes. And then you as the reader can judge how big the mistakes were in, in dealing with these uh, people who were trying to escape. But there's no doubt that the Vatican helped some of them, and we lay it out pretty clearly in the book.
0: The one thing I'm thinking about as I'm reading this, too, when you read Himmler, when you read Eichmann, and you go through the atrocities and the aftermath and the stuff we're still learning today, and then you have people in this country throwing the Hitler term out for Trump, yeah, it just it, This book is something people can point to and say, look, you can oppose him. You can hate him. You can say he's not dignified enough for the office. Fine. But when you go with Hitler and all that, you, you just can't continue to be a serious person and say that.
1: No, you can't. Be, that, excellent summation. Um, you can't be a serious person and slap a label on the President of the United States as being Hitler or uh, a member of the Third Reich. I, I didn't over, you know, I had to make a decision on mm-hmm. how to handle the actual concentration camps Auschwitz, um, and, and what to uh, emphasize to the mm-hmm. reader. We did do one chapter where we put the reader inside the concentration camp, and and you're there, and you see it from the inside. I didn't want to overdo that because Mm -hmm. you just can't read that much. You know, you just have to put. So I did it one time in the book. And so that the people would know who we were chasing, who had to be tracked down and brought back to trial. And then I use the transcripts. And we have this uh, audio clip posted on BillOReilly.com. We also have a a book clip posted on it, too. Um, We use the transcripts. In the trial of Eichmann, of the people in the concentration camp that came in and said, "This is what happened to me."
0: Yeah, it and is. I, I
1: didn't change a word of it.
0: It is riveting stuff. What they
1: said, and you can read it
0: now. That's amazing. And
1: Eichmann just sat there. Yeah, just sat there.
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, it's remarkable, Bill, that uh, evil. And again, it's very, very timely now. Now, were you watching yesterday in real time when Kanye West was there with Trump? And you know Trump. I don't know if you've ever interviewed Conway. I was kidding with my producer. That would be pretty wild stuff. What's your takeaway? Was this a moment, aside from all the baggage, where only a Trump can maybe have a breakthrough moment on some issues?
1: Look, I just posted a message of the day on Bill mm-hmm. com. We do that every day, in addition to our newscast right. at night. And the message of the day said... what? Kanye West goes to meet Donald Trump. Kanye West wears a Make America Great hat on Saturday Night Mm -hmm. Live. So what? And then you you put on CNN and MSNBC, and they're trashing the man? All right, so Kanye West likes President Trump, and Taylor Swift doesn't. Okay? Mm -hmm. So what? What difference does it make to anyone? It's just about being Malicious. Malicious. So if you don't like Trump, anyone who does approve of him has to be diminished, vilified, um, attacked. I mean, this is crazy. The country we're living in now. Absolutely. It's insane. So I don't care about Kanye West. I I I didn't meet him once. I was in an elevator with him in Madison Square Garden. Oh
0: man, yeah,
1: yeah. I'm, so I'm there, and we're uh, the Knicks had just lost their 85th straight game, and and I'm leaving the the arena, and all of a sudden the door opens, and there's Kanye West in short pants with two guys eight foot tall. <laughs> Kanye's about five six. All right, so the two guys walk in. They know me right away. They're looking at me. I'm looking at them, and then Kanye walks in. No blanking clue who I am. All right. And he kind of just sits there sulking. And that's it. That was my Kanye West experience. And if you ask me, do I care what Kanye West thinks about geopolitics? No, I don't. I'll (laughs) confess to that.
0: I'll confess,
1: Dom. All right. All right.
0: Hey, that's a great story. Uh, The new book, uh, Bill O'Reilly, Killing the SS, the eighth in the series. And Bill, the website where people can find all the other enterprises you're up to.
1: BillOReilly.com. Um, we're having a surge after the Kavanaugh stuff of people uh, becoming members and uh, coming in to look at what we do every day, and it's really uh, an amazing phenomenon that the internet it seems to be the wave of the future. Here, people want information when they want it, um, and they want to go to sources they trust. And I got to say, I'm looking forward to doing my event with you uh, in Philly, and uh, we'll talk more about the book and. Uh, All right. Life, liberty, and a pursuit of happiness.
0: We are really looking forward to that, to be continued. Bill, thank you. Thanks so much. And each one of these books, I tell you, I just can't wait. We need it every six months, but I know you can't do it. Come on.
1: Anytime you need me,
0: I'll come on. All right. Thanks, Bill. Thanks very much. All right, Dom.
1: Dom Giordano. Weekdays, 9 till noon, on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT.